Welcome to Hometown Healthcare. Um, this is Charlie Barnes IV, uh, family owner and operator of Barnes Healthcare Services in Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, we've been around for 110 years and I want to share with you how we uh, help support our communities and what we do. Um, today I have brought a guest on um, to inform you a little bit about respiratory therapy. Uh, Heath Tomlinson is a respiratory therapist, has been for 14 years and and today is an interesting time for the respiratory industry, which we've been in for quite some time now. So I'm excited to, to welcome Heath and, and uh, have a couple questions and a little discussion with. Thank you, John. So Heath, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself and say a little bit about your background in, in respiratory therapy and healthcare in general and, and kind of your, your perspective. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, my, my name is Heath Tomlinson. I'm a registered respiratory therapist. Um, with Barnes Healthcare. Um, as you said, I've been a therapist for 14 years, and for seven of those, I was um, in management at a hospital level. Um, my focus was primarily um, critical care and working in intensive cares, um, and then as a supervisory role. And then uh, for the last seven years, I've had the pleasure of being here at Barnes. Awesome. So what is, so in our current COVID-19 environment and, and all of the uh, things that we're doing to protect ourselves and protect our patients and those we interact with, what's different? What's different today than what it was six months ago? It looks a lot different than uh, the way we did you, the way it looked a year ago. Um, matter of fact, uh, this wasn't standard issue for all of our RTs um, a year ago, as well as all of our PPE and our mask and our gloves and our booties. Um, the way it looks um, at the home level is um, we uh, obviously are screening our patients for COVID-19. And uh, if we determine that they have had a positive test or are currently positive, then uh, we are going above and beyond to protect not only our patients, but ourselves as well. And uh, that is a full suit of PPE gear. Um, we are also determined that if they do not have COVID-19 and there's no reason for us to be in the home, if we can do some things outside like our pickups, um, then we're doing that to maintain social distancing. Uh, right now, I'm currently um, assisting a hospital in getting a COVID-19 invasive ventilated patient home. Um, and uh, the intensive cares and the way we go into the hospitals now and work with their staff is completely different than the way we did a year ago. So, what, so that you just brought up a big subject. I mean, there's two things. One, a lot of people may not understand about home care respiratory therapy because a lot of respiratory therapists work in hospital settings like you did um, earlier in your career. Um, but you also talked about invasive ventilation. That's a very complex patient to be seen in the home, right? But yeah. I also assume hospitals don't would, would rather than be there, right? So we're getting people out of the hospitals and helping to get, so there's, you know, there's, there's access, there's availability to beds, there's a better quality of life in the home. So there's a lot, there's a lot kind of in there. Can you talk to any of those, any of those points? Absolutely. Um, at, in regards to this patient um, that I'm currently working with, um, he will be receiving just about every one of our services that we provide as far as invasive ventilation, suction, enteral feeding, oxygen, um, hospital bed, um, bedside commode, walker. He, he'll be getting all these things. So basically what we're trying to do is move him from the ICU in the hospital setting 
and getting all those services set up at home and working with an umbrella of other um, companies as well as ourselves and the hospital uh, to try to help this patient recover from uh, this serious disease. So how does the, so normally, I know what y'all do is you spend, you, you'll spend like a week or maybe more through education if you have a new invasive um, individual coming on service. How, how is that process different now under the current circumstances? It is exaggerated for sure now. Um, I would say one of our first big hurdles is the fact that it takes time to get in through all these checkpoints through the hospitals and even getting into the ICU room because everything has to have an appointment and uh, you have to have a liaison to bring you. You just can't have free will to go in and out of the hospital. So that adds time. Um, like you said, normally definitely always takes at least a week. Uh, but on this patient, due to the complexity, um, then it's going to be, we're looking at two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks to get the family trained adequately enough and uh, to get other family members in there so we can have a positive outcome. And because uh, we don't want to see the patient having to come right back into the ICU. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to be much safer um, at home, uh, especially in the current circumstances. I'm sure they would like to, to get home and, and get home fast. But yeah, so it's, it's definitely a different world um, that, that, you're, that you're living in. Um, about oxygen, do you, what do you think about, so a lot of the, the patients that we're seeing today, and you may not be interacting with them as much, that, that are COVID-19 positive, they're coming home with oxygen. Can you speak to that, Annie, and kind of why that is or, or, or kind of what, what you're seeing? Absolutely. Um, you know, I would say, um, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I would say easily three times our normal oxygen patient discharge load has increased by that much. Um, and it's due to uh, the COVID-19, it does attack the type 1 pneumocytes. So these patients do have a diseased lung, and um, so they're requiring uh, more O2 or supplemental O2 to get them over, to get them out of this ARDS stage, that they were in this acute phase in the ICU. Now they're working their way through it. So we're having to provide supplemental O2 at home. They don't really need the services in the hospital any longer but they do need that supplemental oxygen um, to sustain their SATs. And then uh, we are seeing after 60, 90 days of them being at home that um, their lungs are, are well enough at that point that they can actually come off the O2. Short-term oxygen and, and in the past, um, Medicare and other entities haven't covered short-term oxygen. This hasn't been a standard of practice for them and they've obviously relax those guidelines for us in this time for, for, for these reasons, this pandemic, which is, which is good, which is another hurdle that we have to overcome is all the, you know, those proper uh, billing practices with our insurance companies and, and what have you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share as a respiratory therapist that you think would be good or a perspective you may have that others may uh, not be reported on in the news or otherwise? Um, not as much through the COVID-19. I think that that's been documented well enough on all the major news networks. And I think that you can look at different studies and some of them are synonymous, but others are conflicting. Um, you know, what model you look at. So um, I think we're just in a wait and see pattern right now. Um, and, you know, just hoping that we'll see a vaccine sometime in the near future. Awesome. Well, Heath, thank you for all that you do to on the front lines, taking care of patients, going in the hospitals, going in different nursing homes, going in the home, and really making sure that we are protecting 
and um, doing what is right for those that we serve is is a serious uh, first responder at this point, almost like a job because there's so much uncertainty, right? And we're we're moving and, and have moved over the past five months or so with um, you know trying to figure it out and do the best we can. And um, you've done a great job with that, so we appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you so much, Charlie. So, hey, how if somebody was wanting to reach you and had a question or anything along those lines, could they reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, my email address is heath.tomlinson at barneshc.com. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Heath. And I am Charlie Barnes the fourth again. You can also reach me at charlie4, the number four, at barneshc.com if you'd like to email me or contact me. And uh, with that, we'll uh, sign off of this, uh, this premiere episode. Um, thank you for, for tuning in and uh, take care.